Welcome to the last Sunday Vibe Reset of semester one, officially. It's our 13th episode, and yeah, we're joined to the end of ISB. A whole new era starts next week. Yeah, I hope everyone had a nice holiday and, you know, somehow managed to keep busy. What what happened this week, Alex? Did people stay busy? Well, yeah, it's actually been quite a unusual ISB. So we had the snow day on the first day, Bath covered in snow, uh, quite beautiful. Lovely. Quite quite impressed by that. We managed to find a lot of uh, a lot of large hills that I didn't even know existed. Defended the locals. I'm not quite sure what it is about snow, but um, <laughs> yeah, we got we got chatting with everyone. Tell you what, best conversation starter, build a massive snowman. People didn't people didn't talk to us. People didn't approach us on the street. We were we were the dangerous looking youths, <laughs> and then suddenly. As soon as we built a snowman that was slightly taller than a human, everyone wants a little bit of the action coming up to us, complimenting us. We had about 15 people go, you try getting a Guinness Book of World Records with a snowman that big? Whoa. Yeah, I know. I mean, maybe I could uh, get onto this show one day. Who knows? Talking about tall snow person, can you guess how big the tallest snow woman because it wasn't a man this time it was a woman ever is like how tall it is well seeing uh seeing as there are so many people that thought that we might have broken a record i can't imagine it would be over maybe 10 feet as it turns out it took them over a month to build it oh that's cheating isn't it in maine united states and it measured 37 met- meters so that's 122 feet. Yeah, well, that's just silly. Um, I have to say, the moment that a snowman goes above head height, it becomes an absolute nightmare. So, in a way, quite impressive, but I'm just going to accuse them of cheating. Um, you know, they're not going to find me. They can't attack me for that. Well, if you need any more details about this snowwoman, she had a 48 feet wide fleece hat they used 13 million pounds of snow to build her and her eyelashes were made of eight pairs of ski. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's all very impressive, but I've got a personal attachment to our one. It's uh, interesting you say snow woman, because now I think about our, our one, probably more a woman than a man. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's all very avant-garde. It's very hard to tell, isn't it, with the, with the snow people. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, that was right at the start of the week. That was actually probably the day that this last episode came out. Since then, lots of big news has gone on. Um, everyone's favourite shanty, Wellerman, got to number three in the charts. Wonderful. Is, but not just that. Um, the Longest John's version also got to 37 in the charts. So, you know... Hats off to the local influence there. Uh, <laughs> Bristol band Longest John's doing wonderfully. Always oh, good to hear. Yeah, and today is the Big Garden Bird Watch by RSPB, which just reminds me of childhoods where we'd have to let, sort of sit in the garden and then count every bird that landed. But we lived in a sort of city, so we got like a few pigeons, a couple of seagulls. I think we had a, a crow once. That was quite big news. <laughs> feed back our incredible numbers of like four birds landed in our garden in an hour. 
but it was yeah, sort of quite entertaining to just sit there, occupy yourself for a day. Nice. But yeah, it's uh, it's not necessarily the ISB that I'd want, but you know, managed to fill a bit of time with it. Um, obviously, I'd rather have gone gone skiing, gone somewhere abroad, uh, had a little holiday in ISB. That's what it's about, isn't it? But uh, I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. So I've had to dedicate myself to being immersed in other cultures in other ways. So instead of, say, going to France, learning a bit of the French, I've spent a lot of time on Duolingo, which has been an interesting experience. It's sort of like replacing actual conversation with talking to a little owl that's green and shouts <laughs> and is very disappointed in everything you do. Uh, so it's just like a normal friendship, really. But I've actually done a bit of research into how to learn languages, and I thought I could share that as our lesson this week. We've learned about snow, we've learned about shanties, and now we can learn about learning. I mean, yeah, who doesn't want that? Yeah, so I mentioned that I have spent a bit of time on Duolingo, um, and Duolingo users the number of Duolingo users has increased by 132% in the UK this year. So, you know, just because we can't go abroad means we're making extra big effort to try and be better at going abroad, which I think <laughs> is a very British reaction to a problem. Um, and yeah, what I mentioned is quite good about this is there's no pressure in these apps. Like you can do whatever you want. And apart from the shouty, angry owl, nothing that terrible can happen. Um, and there's also been a bit of research that people have done on how to learn language. They point out that some of the best ways to do it is to just sort of immerse yourself in the culture, watch films, read foreign books. Um, and I thought, this is pretty ideal because it's zero effort. You actually don't need to sort of do anything. I mean, if I'm sitting down and I have, you know, French film going in the background, I've not actually lost any of my own time. It's just sort of happening, which uh, is exactly the sort of learning that I like. Almost um, procrastination. <laughs> and which French movies would you then recommend to any of our listeners trying to learn French during this lockdown? Well, I'm going to throw that one right back to you. I want to know, as, as, a, as a true French, what would you recommend to me? Well, if I could recommend one show and one movie to you without without fitting your schedule go ahead please do <laughs> so uh the movie i would recommend is called potluck and it's about a french student who moves in a flat in madrid that he shares with like one english girl one german guy one italian guy and so it's just a bunch of cultures all put together and it, it's... it sounds like the start of a joke I know, right? But uh, it's actually, it's a quite funny movie, to be fair. Uh, and I quite enjoy that one. There is also this show that is called Call My Agent that yeah. a lot of people have been enjoying. And I think the fourth season just came out. Well, there you go. I've got plenty to sink my teeth into now that, uh, mm -hmm. now that I have to go back to procrastinating actual things as opposed to procrastinating nothing, as, as it has been over ISB. You know, my need for this sort of this sort of content will just increase. <laughs> but yeah, I've um, just to conclude, I've thought it's very interesting that a lot of research this, these days has been pointing out that when people say 
that it's you can't learn language as an adult or it's considerably harder you've got to start when you're young apparently this just isn't true which hmm. i saw as big big reassurance apparently it's slightly easier if you're below 17 but it's really like hardly a factor so there you go one less excuse that you've got in your in your, in your <laughs> bank but anyway that's what we've learned this week but there have been a few other things going on a few interesting events um, and a lot of this has actually been throwbacks to news that's actually quite old. So we d- we just discussed a bit of procrastination, but actually a lot of the news in this week appears to be people just bring out statistics about 2020. Um, <laughs> one of which, 69 uh, tributes to slave traders, colonialists and racists have been removed across the UK. And you can find a fun list of all of the terrible people on the internet. And um, renewable energy actually saw its best year ever in the UK in 2020, uh, with 37% of electricity being generated by renewables. But what I particularly like about this article is it sort of names and shames everything. And apparently wind had an excellent year, so hats off to wind. And solar power, is it's just really not making the effort <laughs> one you know it's lost its glory days in the european union which you're no longer part of but um turns out renewable energies have actually outdone fossil fuels in 2020 as a source of energy um, well there we go excellent steps in the right direction aren't we but yeah Unlike normal, we haven't actually had to gloss over too many of the big stories because not a ton has happened this week. So have you got any good news that you've managed to find this week? Um, Further than good news, I've got the results back for the poll that we put out last week to name your plant. See, this is the most important news. This is like, there's world news, there's national news, there's local news. But this is important news. This covers all. Go ahead. So, among all the suggestions we received, we had Alex's plant. Yes, straight to the point. Very original. I like it. To quote yourself, does what it says on the tin. It really does. Um, we've got from Samuel, succulent Sam. Sam thinks it should be called succulent Sam. Yes. I hate to think what that says about Sam. Um, <laughs> I would like less of this filth, please. <laughs> um, we've also got other suggestion, Doris. Doris. Yeah, yeah, it could be a Doris. Although I don't like the implication that maybe, you know, plants are for the elderly. Because Doris, let's be honest, quite an old person name. This one is a seshy young plant. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, I mean, sprightly, young. Um... Not dead. Yeah, very much not dead, uh, which is one of the key factors in not being Doris. <laughs> um, and finally, final selection, the Weller plant. Weller plant. See, that's that's nice. That links back. We've got big story there. As we discussed a few weeks ago, Weller being a name, man just being a description of the Weller man. So, yeah, I think Weller plant works. Wait, it's, it's not it's not it's not simply Weller plant, it's the Weller plant. The 
Weller France. Yes. Does that make the the first name? Oh, I think it does. Hmm. Well, then Weller was Weller is the surname. So, yeah, hmm. the Weller plant. We have a, an official mascot now, I'd say. The Weller plant. Also, you have been talking about snow and snow day. And uh, this week's record is related to that. So it's this Ukrainian guy who has the record for the longest time spent in full body contact with snow. You surprise me every week with <laughs> things that people do. Um, is this all of his body covered in snow or is it? Yes, like some... just his head outside of a hole in okay, the so snow. Started, not full body quite. Um, <laughs> I was just going to put that one out there. This is such a stupid challenge. I would hate to think you could do that for more than 15 minutes. So he's actually spent... a long time, aren't you? He's actually spent over 10 years training to set this record. And Okay, 26 minutes. 60 minutes and 8 seconds. An hour. An hour, fully yeah. in the snow. Has this ever appealed to you as a sport? Like, I can, I can see why people might take up, say, football or rugby or maybe even badminton. Standing in the snow just doesn't do it for me so much. It's more than standing. He is lying down on the floor, on well, on the snow really, and the rest of his body has been covered in snow apart from his head, and he stayed like this for an entire hour. This sounds like a mistake. I mean, in a way, it's like it's, it's a good survival skill, isn't it? But I don't know if it actually is. All I want to know about this record is, you know, how did he actually train for this? Was this just like every morning, you know, he'd wake up, turn up to his life partner and be like, hello, can you cover me in snow today until I can't take it anymore? <laughs> yeah, well... Maybe uh, maybe we could take this up. Maybe we could pop down to Wally Weir, have a little swim. That could get you in the mood. Um, you know, and just go and lie down on the on the cold ground for a while. Hmm. I mean, it's not like we're doing anything better. The awesome person of this week is called... Oh, yeah. Because I called... have to say, the record man is definitely not the awesome person of the week. <laughs> he is called Ken C. And since 2003... He has been patrolling a big bridge in China to find and stop people who are about to jump in the river to end their lives. And so far, he has stopped more than 400 people. 400? In 18 years. Wow. I mean, that's quite a... I mean, it's an incredibly noble way to spend your day, isn't it? Clearly. Um, I mean, it must be tough for him, but I don't know. Maybe it'll be really rewarding. In, in a sense. It's quite a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, it's just... But, it, you know, we're all so glad that someone's doing that. Yeah, I mean, incredibly vital. Uh, I wonder if he ever gets to, like, stay in touch with the people afterwards. I wonder if he befriends any of them. Hmm. Yeah, you must make quite a special bond with these people. Yeah, I mean, he, he must say something very meaningful. Um... Hmm, it's fascinating. I don't know how you would go about that. But yeah, it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. But on to more 
regular good news. Uh, yeah, back, 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 back to the promised vibes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Florida has made the bid to host the Olympics if Tokyo was to back out. I saw this and very, very Florida. Like, they didn't try the first time, to the best of my knowledge. They're just, you know, taking advantage here. And why do, why do Florida think they'd be more capable of to- hosting the Olympics than Tokyo? Like, so self-confident. An entire state with so much self-confidence. It's incredible. I know, right? The size of their ego, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're hardly even like, I mean, I guess they've got to try before they before they sink, so. True. Do you think yeah. they would have some special events, like, I don't know, fighting a crocodile or something? Like something uh, very well, Florida-related? Well, yeah, because each Olympics gets to introduce sort of select sports. Exactly. Um, we discussed a few weeks ago about how, like, France is going to introduce breakdancing and climbing and things. Um I believe Tokyo introduced surfing. So I'd be interested to see, you know, what would Florida introduce? Maybe they'd just put you up against some random Florida man and be like, who can be the first to make it to the headlines? Oh, it's like that. Um, it's like that theory of they, they should get like some average Joe to do yes. every, every Olympic sport. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, make, I don't know. Make it Florida man. That's a much better way of doing it. Florida man tries all of the sports. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you followed that challenge that was on social networks a few years ago. And it was the Florida man challenge. And basically it was this website in which you had to put in your date of birth and it would tell you on your birthday which Florida man made it to the headlines. All right, let's both do that now myfloridamanstory.com oh yeah i think we can bring this back um what's your florida man story so mine is florida man choose a police car seat after cocaine arrest sensible do you reckon he's hiding the cocaine in the seat because if so good luck to him (laughs) maybe or maybe he was you know trying to dig his way out of the car yes i mean it's impossible to know possible to know the Florida man. I've got Florida man interested in getting tased, run through airport in underwear waving nunchucks. <laughs> Which I believe wins here. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Just the fact though, nunchucks, you know. <laughs> no sensible reason for that. Another good news is uh, the American band that's called The Flaming Lips has held two concerts in Oklahoma with both the musicians and the audience in individual inflatable balls. So each bubble could hold up up to three people and they all had a speaker so that they could have some quality sound, water bottles, a fan and a towel to wipe down any condensation. I mean, for starters, this sounds so much more luxurious than any concert. (laughs) I've actually noticed Flaming Lips have been doing these concerts right through the pandemic. Like they they sorted this almost immediately, and it makes me suspicious that they, they it. were going to do this anyway. <laughs> like they they came up with the bubble idea so immediately after like everyone had to isolate. I'm sure they like 
had bought hundreds of these things. I reckon they wanted to do this anyway. I've heard like the Flaming Lips are incredibly sick live anyway. So it's just good to see that they're, they're going along there and they appear to just be doing whatever they want. I don't think this is actually to do with the pandemic. I think this is just the Flaming Lips. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's a good sign that maybe concerts could be coming back soon. Can you just imagine Glastonbury 2022 and everyone is just in a big bubble? I reckon Glastonbury 2022, they could book no acts and people would still like think it was the best thing ever uh, they'd just be so desperate for anything like the vibe will be unreal that's my prediction <laughs> also um the pasta brand barilla has released spotify playlists that matches the exact time you have to cook the pasta for among the names are top hits spaghetti which lasts nine minutes Simply Classic Linguini, 10 minutes. Timeless Emotion Fuzzly, 11 minutes. This is quite clever. I can see this being a popular thing. And it reminds me of everyone's favorite Cornish brewery, Sharps. If you buy a bottle of Doombar or maybe Atlantic, there's a little uh, code at the top of that, which you can scan and it will play you some ambient music inspired by the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> if you ever want to have a, a classy night where you just you know talk about absolutely nothing i'd recommend you know doombar listen to the doombar atlantic ocean inspired music uh you've you've got a whole themed evening that's like a social done thank me later <laughs> wonderful well that sounds that sounds quite awesome i'll make sure to try that one out um I mean, it's just an excuse for doombar isn't it really classic <laughs> Um, the night sorted. Have music for days. Uh, for the first time, scientists have successfully used satellite cameras to count elephants, which is an important step forward in monitoring endangered species. Pretty good. Um, I mean, I like how they chose to do this with elephants. Like, is this transferable to any not ridiculously huge animal? Like. You said this is, they finally managed to count elephants as satellites. They're huge. Just look. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be in the first one, they can count like tigers or something that blends in well. But elephants, like, you don't need a satellite. Just, there's one. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe you should just become an elephant specialist scientist. Yeah, I could become an elephant specialist. I can spot elephants. I bet if there was an elephant in front of me, I could see it. I'm not bragging. It sounds like I'm being a prick. I I just reckon I could see an elephant. That's that's literally all I'm saying. Well, I mean, good for you. <laughs> Several art museums around the world are developing 3D versions of paintings so that visually impaired people can enjoy the art. Oh, that's pretty cool. Would it be like you go to the gallery and there's sort of the, the painting and then next to it, there's the, the one that you touch. That's exactly what it's like, but in smaller so that everyone can touch it. No, I think that'd be pretty good because, you know, there are all of these do not touch signs at museums and all that makes you want to do is touch. So, <laughs> yeah, they sold two, two birds, one stone there. Delightful. Bernie Sanders' team has launched official sweatshirts 
of his iconic inauguration meme with 100% of the proceeds going to Meals on Wheels charity and they have already sold out. Why are they not selling the mittens? <laughs> no, they are selling the mittens too. Like, because basically he got them off Etsy. He got the mittens off Etsy. Yeah. And so it's a small shop and she is already selling them for charity. And she has been like, you know, drowning in orders since yeah. people have seen that Bernie Sanders was wearing her mittens. Mm. Well, unexpected winners there. No, I'm... I'm glad you can buy the mittens. And I'm glad you can buy a photo of another man wearing the mittens. <laughs> uh, but it's for charity, so you can't even be annoyed at that as a concept. <laughs> can't take my usual stance. <laughs> <laughs> and final good news of the week. The South Korean startup that's called Pet Pulp's Lab has developed an artificial intelligence-powered dog collar that can track your dog's mood thanks to a bark recognition technology. Right. Does the dog have to bark for this to work? Or does it just sort of sense your dog and how it's feeling? I think the dog has to bark. And how is this an AI? How have they managed? Because it translates it. Because it can be a happy bark, it can be an angry bark. Who's so... Like, when a dog's barking, you generally know... This isn't needed. This is pointless. This is another example of letting you let people come up with technologies and they come up with the most pointless ones first. <laughs> Typical. Right. I have so few words to say on this, but if you have a dog and you need to get an AI to tell you if your dog is happy, you shouldn't have a dog. <laughs> That's my only that's my only point. That's just my initial thoughts. I might be wrong, but that's how I stand. I'm can just ever, trying to make you happy and you, this is how you are react. Are you gonna get one of these for your dog? No. No. Because no. it's quite expressive. But uh, you know what? I guess when you have, for example, a chihuahua which yeah. only barks all the time. Yes. This is I've only been thinking of like big real dogs. Um, you know, the fictional small dogs, the angry little ones. I, you don't know if they're happy or angry or like, it could be the time in their life or they want to kill you and you don't know. So maybe it's good for them. I can see that now. I think I've learned a lot this week. It's been quite an educational one. And it is the whole purpose of this show. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe we're filling in the gap from uni. You know, you learn a lot of, a lot of things and then an ISB, this is when you learn the real stuff. This is what we've acquired. This is where you learn about real life. Yeah. And next week we can go back to, I don't know, man fitting 20 straws up his nose. But until then, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> this has been episode 13 of the Sunday Vibe Resets. You'll hear back from us next week.